Hello and welcome to Big Bad Books, the podcast where Isaac reads them so that you, <laughs> and indeed I, don't have to. Very cool. Um, my name is Declan. Opposite me here in the cybersphere, it is Isaac, our dauntless crusader. Thank you. Into the realm of, of well, some of the great works of, of fiction of our age. That's what people are calling them. And it's just occurred to me, it hasn't really crossed my mind before, but this is our only. Like, well, you and I are in the kind of... People will look back wow. at this room that we're in now and say, that's where it all began. Are you saying that I could not bite my tongue off here? Give it a go. <laughs> I, I could go. punch if myself in the face and brave. I wouldn't know. Are you saying <laughs> I could fly right <laughs> now? Like Superman. But yeah, we're thrilled to be back. Um, not only not only together, not only on your RSS feed, but also more importantly, in the loving literary embrace of Ernest Cline. And his, his, you were just describing it as wonderful world that he's created, a wonderful magical world better than any other you've come across, I think you well, said. It, well, it's a rich tapestry, and that's, yes, that's for think. sure. That that's something that we can't me. get away That's something we can't get away from. So fucking true. Now, Ernest is, just to, to kind of set up this chapter, he's cool. doing something a little bit different here with chapter 0012, which is strictly chapter 14, I believe, in the real okay. world. Um I don't know about you, but the book's been a bit kind of, em- oh, it's a bit emotional oh, a bit in the last rough. ones. Like we, of course, we'll come to a quick recap of the last chapter because both of us yeah. it so well, but there's been a bit of like, oh, everyone's in their feelings and everyone's like worried about stuff. Have you noticed how worried everyone is about it's, stuff? It, what, you've, you've preempted me here. It's gone woke. It's gone a bit too woke and flaky for me. Yeah. Um, and what was missing, I guess, is- Back in our day- Back in our day, you wouldn't, you didn't talk about your feelings. Not with, not with Cybermen. Definitely, no. Like, if you were going to open up, it wouldn't be online at all. Like that, and you wouldn't space. You wouldn't go sort of posting URLs as much as say Wade does by just const. Like, if I'd only fucked a a a sex doll and and a he did a lot of times. He didn't do that just a, just a couple of times. I wouldn't keep going on about it. But Wade, he can't stop bringing yeah. it up. Now, this chapter is a nice departure. This one is heavy on the action. And what it means is that I think we should just contextualize where we are because what you may remember is that we are we are about to go for the next shard is where we're at. Um, okay, and we've got two. Is that right? We've got a number of well, shards. We, I'd well, say we've one. Got, we've got one. Yeah. Og's got two. We're yeah. going for the second. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. So let's let's see if between us we can cobble together any rememberings from the last chapter. Here's what I remember. You know, the grand problem is that Halliday's AI wicked Anorak version has everyone locked into the brain space uh, on pain of death. And there is a time clicking away that if they can't get all the shards in time, he's just going to let everyone have this catastrophic brain accident that's called something like SOS, like sudden onset shock death or something really <laughs> yep. cool and good yeah yep. um and the shard they discovered well i can't quite remember how they worked this out i think it was mostly shoto who worked out because as i remember klein has presented this japanese character as, as quote ninja obsessed and mm. this is a new development this is like between the books like that's happened which yeah i always yeah. i don't know about you but i always think that's interesting because it gives the sense that the characters exist outside of the pages that we're reading. And what can I ask? What what um, nationality is this character? He's oh, I I think I said he's Japanese. Um, but that's incidental. Like you can be a ninja obsessive from anywhere these days, right? I I think. Um, okay. Well, does he does does he have any other interests that we know? Um, of? he likes uh 
he likes martial arts, like in this kind of ninjas sphere, I suppose. I feel it's pretty adjacent to um, the... He, but I guess, you know, that's, are, are you, you're not saying like Japanese people can't like ninjas. No, no definitely not. No. But what I'm saying is that it is interesting that, that having... a hundred percent of them having, do in this book. <laughs> <laughs> that having made the, you know, the very good and, and dare we say it, progressive step yeah. Klein has made to include a character who's non-white in, yeah, yeah, well, in, in a book because you, you can't do that these days. Um, he has sort of fallen at the at the second, some might say halfway up the first hurdle mm. of not really introducing a character so much as a caricature. Okay, well, I suppose that's one view. You know, like I I wouldn't ha- tie my horse to that particular okay. uh, sticking place just yet. Like, because maybe you know, maybe there's more to show to the meets the eye. Now, that's not something I've come across in this chapter. But okay. I do hold out hope. But you we said are this still one was only just forty six percent. Yeah, the book. and you said this one was action. It wasn't about feelings. Exactly, it's not about yeah, characters. Yeah. So they solve this puzzle with all of the ninja knowledge, and that what they found out is that oh, the second shard is going to be on this planet that's a recreation of an arcade where you can play this game that's called either the Ninja Ninja Princess Sega Ninja something else about a ninja. Like it's got many different names. All of them wasn't it ninjaness? Was it that? This game, as I seem to recall, it was going to be a woman ninja. Yeah, yeah. And, and I then, think it was, and then it wasn't. Like, I think she's a princess. And then, and then they were like, oh, boys won't Little like American that. So they made it a, like it a man ninja. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, that says it all to me. Like, Because yeah. I, I do believe children of the future, but not sexist ones. Like, cancer. No, no, no. no. Um, um, can I just ask, was it last chapter as well where... Um, Artemis died, but then came back to life. That's correct. Yeah, it yeah, was okay, like you, good. like you're saying, it's a busy chapter. Like there's yeah. a lot been going on. And cool. for me, whilst I, I, you know me, I love anything that Wade puts out. And by Wade, I do mean Ernest. Once again, I can't yeah. stop doing it. Um, <laughs> but for me, it was just, it was just getting to that point where it's like oh, we haven't talked about video games. We haven't done a video game in a, in a little while. No, because of course, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, I'm thinking of spielberg's cowardice when he didn't adapt the entirety of war games and turn i knew you were going to say miles this. is it was it um ansel elgort into uh into matthew broderick into mm. that war games inside like there's been a lot of there's been a lot of reticence and maybe we're guilty of it as well to really embrace the reference and the media kind of li- literacy fluency of this piece and, and you're saying that we're about to address that here i'm saying that this is an example of a beautiful technique that I believe is called ekphrasis. Are you familiar with ekphrasis? No, no, please enlighten me. Well, it's one of these great things that me and um, Ernest Klein are always doing where it's like, what if you create a work of art that's, that's like inspired or by or descriptive of another work of art. So it's like, right. It, it makes your art better. It's not, you you take all the good bits. It's not uh, like plagiarism. It's not plagiarism. I mean, one thing, that's cool about this particular form of ekphrasis is they can't do I, you for it. They can't be doing you for it because it counts as advertising for saving injury as well. <laughs> right, yeah, great. See. But like, I guess when Keats was writing about that Grecian urn, one thing that a Grecian urn doesn't really have is like clear structural beats. You know, you can't yeah. be like, okay, first I'm going to talk about the top of the urn. Then I'll just pan down to the middle. I suppose you could, so, but Keats, Keats went some, the third way. Some people would say that, that kind of reflects well on Keats that he was able to to write such a beautiful poem to without find his own structure. All of that there, yeah, yeah. But another angle, I suppose, would be like, well, why not? Anyone could make I it said? up. <laughs> why not? It, one of the great things that Ekphrasis is based on 
a video game allows is that you can just write a chapter that narrates the 16 levels of the game just in order. <laughs> oh, right. What happens in them and how they went. Um, and that's good. Is that that's good? That, that, that's good. It's good and it's time to dive right in. Oh, okay, cool. I, thank you for letting me know that before because I, you know what I'm like, I might have heard you that. might have gone, been like, oh, that's bad. That's shit and boring. Yeah. Why have you maybe listened to this? We could have skipped Why didn't one. you pick a game with fewer levels? You might have Yeah, gone. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you, if you committing yourself to, I'm going to describe how every one of these levels plays out, like maybe about four is enough or maybe the classic three, but 16 at some point starts to feel like too much, but I guess it's kind of like a Stuart Lee thing. Because it comes back around, right. and you're like, yeah. "I love, I love this." Now. Actually, love yeah, this no, it's very good. Come on, then. Zero, zero, one, two. They have, as you will remember, they've like gone to this planet. They had to go in some sort of normie way, right? Because they don't have the uh, robes of Anorak and uh, pressure robes of Anorak bingo cards at home. They don't have them, so they have to travel with some sort of amulet of exactly oh, yeah, the same power that we yeah. just now have, yeah, which is really good. cool. Admin rings or something. Um, I wasn't sure what I was expecting. Maybe that I'd find myself in an immersive VR recreation of Ninja Princess, similar to the Oasis Port of Black Tiger I'd encountered during the contest, except that the rules of the old contest no longer seem to fit. So we're going to start with one of Ernest's favorite things, which is like the sequel's better than the original. Yeah, I thought it would be like the the last book, but it's only marginally different. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kira's life... Oh, th- so he had that flashback, remember, of Kira's life when he like suddenly became her when he got the first shard. I seem um, to remember something like that, yeah. And he says, it was impossible for her to have played a role in all this. I knew that. But what I experienced had seemed equally impossible. And so what happens is he goes into this portal. And remember, he's gone by himself into Ninja Princess for very good plot reasons that they, they didn't spend too long explaining. Because you, you don't, don't want need to. to. You don't need to. Well, um, they say show, don't tell. They do, and he's done neither, which is a new, bold approach. They're inside, or Wade is inside, but the other two, H and Shoto, are kind of in his head, like checking out his POV cam, we call it his POV camera. Um, And they're inside this place called Artemis. No, she's fucked off, remember? She's got stuff to do. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think she's just in hiding, or she's getting medical treatment. She doesn't like She did just get a plane crashing into her. And she doesn't like the Oni either, does she? She, she doesn't go in there. She fucking hates the Oni, for sure. They're in this place called Happy Time Pizza, which is a small mom-and-pop pizza parlor and video arcade that had existed in Middletown, Ohio from 1981 to 1989. You may remember it from Ready Player One, because this is actually where the classic scene, remember where Wade has to play Pac-Man, and we get to see what the perfect game of Pac-Man is like. I suppose we don't get to see it, but we get to read about how it would feel to do the perfect game of Pac-Man and if anything he, that's probably better he earns he earned do you remember the extra life quarter no that allowed him to do you remember he, he allowed him to survive the detonation of the cataclyst no i, I don't remember on, any of that. Do you remember on Cthonia it was when he got the extra life quarter to mm, survive Cthon- no it's not ringing a bell oh it's um, a great you'll have to go back it's a great bit you'll i it must have just got lost in all my I other tell favorite you what, bits. i'm jealous though because this is like when someone you know when it's been long enough that you're like i can watch that again or i can like play that game again it's been long enough that it will catch me like the first time you have to report back next week and say how it was when you reread that oh, okay cool that's a bit of homework for me um now you know he repeats that he'd been there before because he played pac-man he dommed pac-man to be honest he like fucking easily wrecked pac-man really and, oh, oh, it, it was embarrassing, embarrassing for, for pac-man, Pac-Man. Yeah. and this time however it, it is different and better this time i felt like i was really here 
in italics. Like oh. I genuinely traveled back in time to Middletown, Ohio, sometime in the late 80s. So they describe this beautiful arcade. There's a bunch of like NPCs milling around just to kind of give it that vibe of what an arcade might have been like in the late 1980s. Mm-hmm. In, I don't know if I mentioned it's in Middletown, Ohio. With, with people in it. With people in it that, with people in that it, yeah. go there. Um, this is a great, there are a few sentences in this, like cards on the table. This is the most boring chapter of any book I've ever read. <laughs> and not only in uh, terms of its structure, which as I've alluded to, just does say, this is what level one was like. This is what level two was like. Then there was level three. You'll never guess what next it was for. It took but, you less than 13 minutes <laughs> to give up on the pretense. The, there are also just sentences like this, which <laughs> it's just, just, it's just an amazing thing to include. Happy time pizza was divided into two halves, the game room and the dining room. But actually, they were both game rooms. <laughs> it's just like, well, what, what were you adding with that? Then? You've co- that's you've like confused me more. That's like a sort of Philomena Kunk sort of vibe yeah. of, of just like, there was this and there was this. But and actually, there was only there was this. Only this. <laughs> um, now, this is a great image as well. I think, I think Ernest is definitely doing, you know, he's planning out the sequel visually in his head, as we've said he does lots of times. But this is a great image. There are a couple of NPC pizza chefs back in the kitchen, and both tossing dough in the air. And they each waved to me mid-throw, which is a lovely idea. Like, woo! Um, I waved back. And that was when I noticed my right hand. It wasn't my right hand at all. Dot, oh no! Dot dot, dot four dots. Okay, what good. Do you think about four dot ellipses. Better well, is three. that is that? <laughs> it goes without saying. Is more. Um, is is it not an ellipsis and then a full stop? I mean, which seems very silly anyway, as well. But I mean, it's hard to know. But that—that's the kind of challenge. That's that, the sort of grammatical. Presents, I mean, Ernest. like n- like novelty. Yeah. that Klein brings to us. It's why we. Re- it's why we read, isn't it? Yeah. Not just this book. It's why we read. Oh, why we read at all? Yeah. Um, now you're probably wondering what's going on here. Like, whose right hand you got, Wade? Like, what were you doing, dicking around with someone else's righty? Well, I'll tell you. I caught a glimpse of my reflection in the two-way mirror adjacent to the manager's office. It's weird that you think that. Yeah. I did an involuntary double take. I was no longer my avatar, Parzival. Now, I was Kira Underwood when she was in her late teens, instantly <gasps> recognisable from the handful of photos taken of her during her time in, I don't know if I specified this already, Middletown, Middletown Ohio. Ohio. Oh, Middletown, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. in the late 80s. Um, yeah. Somewhere that between was... like 84, 89, that kind of... Star Wars. That probably, Star- yeah. That's I mean, probably that's, something. That's a movie. Um I had her adorable pixie haircut, her giant designer prescription eyeglasses, and her trademark acid-washed jean jacket adorned with countless patches, buttons, and pins. I glanced down and took a quick inventory. How are you uh, feeling so uh, far? Sorry. He, Go on. What do you mean? He did, well, what he, do you think he means? Well, what did he... He just well, glances down. He's, he's like, just oh, become a... acid jeans. Well, he's just become a teenage girl, and yeah. his first... His first reaction was to, to, well, first of all, to look down. Well, he's just checking, you know, the acid. And then to he's take saying, an like, inventory. Am I here in Middletown, Ohio, 1939, plus 50? <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I think it might be cynical. But the next sentence, unfortunately, is, I also had Kira's boobs oh, and her hips, lips, oh, fingertips, no. all of it. <laughs> Which is such an upsetting. Oh, upset no. There's an all of it is a terrible. That's awful. What? All of it. Why couldn't it, I mean, it's not like we wouldn't have known when you yeah, said yeah. I looked down and took a, a complete inventory. Like we all knew what you meant. 
well, you yeah. didn't have to go ahead and, and actually Specify. follow that up with the sentence, I also had Kira's boobs. Yeah, like, I don't like just, had as well. Like, I, I don't know, there's something upsetting about that. You've just kind of. conceded this person is a teenage girl. Yeah. Le- late teens, to be fair. And, you know, Wade, <laughs> how old is Wade? He must he's be only a, like 38. He's not a pedophile. He's a pedophile. <laughs> Imagine I can, well, I, that's libel. So I'll stop that. <laughs> Oh, but we were all thinking it. But, like, importantly, very true. (laughs) (laughs) Deary me. I even pulled my right sleeve to check the back of my forearm, and there it was. Kira's tiny birthmark. The man is obsessed. Oh, he can't Every woman has to be scarred by birth. Well, otherwise... Otherwise, you're too obviously trying to make them hot. Yeah, yeah, If you give them the birthmark, then 90% of people are going to go, ugh. Well, look... What? Pros is the whole like boobs and acid wash jeans, but this birthmark is a real a real strike against. <laughs> yeah. Um, the birthmark, by the way, distinctly resembles a map of Iceland. I didn't just look like her. I not was Iceland, her. not Iceland. A map of Iceland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is an important <laughs> distinction. Um, so this is very cool, right? And there's an interesting like, I don't know. There is a thing developing of. It seems like a lot of the use of the oni is just inhabiting other people. And I am worried. It's a prediction that you made very early on, which is that when Lohengrin, the O as a zero, is introduced yeah. as a trans character, I think yeah. you posited, probably as a joke, that at some point this novel might conclude that, well, now Wade knows exactly what that's like and he has the same lived experience because he has, you know, been Kira now. And yeah. when he's surfing through the crucially not gay memories of all the people that are, <laughs> that are, MFing yeah. it up online, <laughs> MFFF only content. Um, that he, yeah, he has access to this to this world of knowledge. Now, do you? Let's just check in on that. Do you think this is gonna be? It, it seems to be happening a lot, right? There seem to be a lot of references to gender being uh, a mutable concept, which is lovely mm-hmm. to see in in Good client's world. Yeah. Um, especially after all the other heinous shit. That yeah. In it. <laughs> Uh, but do you think, as we sit here now, f- still at forty six percent? We we ended at forty seven. We I'm ended the last chapter at forty seven. I swear to God, they're patching in more pages. It's like it was released as half a <laughs> novel dropping, and it's DLC. He's dropping in another reference. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! But do you think that this remaining fifty percent has something to say about? Like, are we going to see the apotheosis of that theme? in some form or do you think he'll just forget about it and this was all just random it's so funny that like i think it does have to be either of those extremes like i don't think that it could just sort of continue at its current level like it's either going to be that like they just sort of do away with genders in the oni in a Mm. misguided attempt at understanding what that's actually quite a good idea i i do think that might happen i can imagine the conclusion of the novel being like them deleting the pronouns field or something. Yeah. Like, Look, we're all just people, okay? We can all be each other. We can all experience what it's like to have a teenage girl's breasts and listen, an Icelandic I've, birthmark. Listen, I've been a woman. I've, be, I've been a I've small, been a Pac-Man playing woman, right? Listen, I've, get been, it. I've been a little girl and I, and I look down at all my stuff and everything. I know what it's I like. I took inventory, all right? I did it. Um, or like after this chapter we'll never ever hear about like Lohengrin and the Oza Zero never coming back again takes her billion dollars and runs yeah as you know what as you should should. (laughs) Um, so it'd be so funny if like she there's some sort of like she's the only one who can save them because 
she left the Oni immediately to spend a yeah. million dollars. <laughs> that would be good. Um, the We get some classic detail about the music that's playing, which is a song by Rick Springfield called Jesse's Girl. And then we get, a, um, in my view, timely reminder that uh, this is somewhere in the fall or winter of 1988 or the spring of 89 when and where Clara Underwood had lived in Middletown, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to really... <laughs> it's good to it's a sense of place isn't it like that's how you do it that's how you well do it. that yeah that that scene setting yeah. if you just keep saying it is the it, scene is, is thoroughly set am i gonna is this a real place should i try and find it yeah go for it isn't middletown well no it could be there are probably lots of places called middletown but that's where gary young does or used to do his series of articles about the american election right like the view from nowhere i think that was called middletown middletown ohio let me say it's, it's a city located in Butler and Warren counties in the southwestern part of the U.S. state of Ohio, about Amazing. 35 miles north of Cincinnati. Where is this? Uh, so it's it's well formerly in Lemon, Turtle Creek, and What's Franklin the, townships. Well, it's, town in, is... it's in Ohio, Middle, Middletown. Oh, Middletown. That's actually where yeah. they are in the chapter, interestingly. You are know. joking. It's somewhere around like the late are they, 80s. And are they near Middletown, the Middletown... Ohio? high school they're more at the happy time pizza but knowing wade he won't be far away <laughs> now there's and that's bunch... wade or Ernest you're talking about wade wade wade, wade okay <laughs> fictional wade um can you libel a fictional character do you think it, this has got to be a that's got to have been tested at some point right in mm, maybe the great, reason that you can't is because question. it would it would more usually just be covered by copyright because if you just started like making fan art of mickey mouse like doing different war crimes like releasing <laughs> mustard gas on innocent children then i guess the thing that would get you was using mickey mouse when he's copyrighted rather than suggesting yeah. that he does this for fun which I, i'm not by the way walt disney corp well it sounded um, like it sounded no, like something no, you've been thinking about think, a lot hi my is isaac's one of my best friends said mickey um <laughs> give me the phosphorus (laughs) they are in middletown that much is clear and it's time to be looking at all the games and this gave me that warm sense you know one thing that um i went to see fantastic beasts uh the new one and it's one of the worst things i've ever seen actually it was really terribly bad not just not just bad writing but like criminally dull as well um and one of the you know one of the bold plot things that they did which I tweeted about is that the entire plot point. Just have you seen any of the Fantastic Beasts film? Because no, I had, I've st- but I've I didn't remember any. Staunchly away. Let me just give you a very quick pricey of what you need to know. There is a bad guy who is now Mads Mikkelsen, which is a step up. Grindelwald. He can see the future a bit, only a bit, only very convenient ways. And okay. so the plot of this film is: oh no, wait, the bad guy can always see the future. So what we're going to do is split everyone up, and it's explicitly stated: let's just do a bunch of ultimately futile pointless confusing things none of which make sense or advance the plot and that's intentional because then he won't know what's going on right okay um it's a little bit like the same gambit you know in og harry potter where they're like let's all become harry potters and then we'll all fly in different directions yeah. in fact it's exactly that and they do the same thing okay um, good good, it, good. That. but anyway one thing that those films clearly recognize because there must be people involved in them who know as they're making them, that they're total, total nonsense. Yeah, yeah. They recognize that they can still like manipulate the dopamine receptors in the brains of people of about our age by just going back to Hogwarts and playing Hedwig's theme. The right? theme, yeah. And that gives you that warm sense, like, like, you know, kind of against against your will almost. It's like a non-consensual nostalgia trip Yeah, um, that they are clearly just using very cynically. 
what I felt when I saw the word Pac-Man in this chapter is is that same sense of wow of just beautiful like this is the heart of this series like the word Pac-Man the word Gallagher these are get these are video games right hmm. you can't deny it and well, no those are there's some of the video games seeing Ernest like go back to basics and take it all back to where it began with games like Pac-Man games like Gallagher other, other games other like games Pac-Man. like Pac-Man and Gallagher like Dig Dug and Golden Axe and Final Fight and way at the back what appeared to be a brand new Sega Ninja cabinet all of that just filled me with as as I expected as you just wow. an ebullience a joy it it has I I do need to ask a question there about the oh, Fantastic Beast just because you you're the only person I know who's watched any of them yeah 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 now as I understand it those movies are set kind of like in the forties yeah thirties forties something around that I think it's, it, yeah I think it's uh, late twenties early thirties maybe cool be, I guess. so like what I find interesting is that in in the Harry Potter books and indeed yeah. films. Dumbledore, yeah, like he's 150 years old at least. Okay, right, and that's set in the 90s. Yeah, but in the like late 20s, early 30s, he's just Jude Law. Yeah. So yeah. Like, what the fuck happened? Do they address that? Because he's he got to be about because he's yeah. got to be about 80 there. Um, I don't know. I would say you, you, magic is a, a wonderful thing, isn't it? And at the end right. of the day, but that's you've that's got to why- just love. You've got That's why magic. I was confused because it feels like Magic was doing a really good job keeping him looking like Jude Law until he was about yeah. eighty. But then, what the fuck happened in between? Like, I think it was probably one of the one of the unforgivable curses got him big time <laughs> in this in the skin, <laughs> no. like right in the skin. Oh, on the in the like the follicles and stuff. Yeah, yeah, proper right, down okay, in cool. them. Um, that's good because I was worried about much, that. Yeah, that's that's. If you do ever watch them, I think you'll be happy to know that's possibly the least bad thing <laughs> some of the worst films i've ever seen um just nonsense just nonsense oh, it's good. a shame that they're not books really because they would be an amazing discussion point in fact maybe we should do a bonus episode on i'll try and find the screenplay for the latest fantastic beasts and i just like almost outside of it being part of the wizarding world just as a piece of writing it's one of the worst structured most meaningless low stakes nonsensical adventures <laughs> that i've ever encountered it would just be fun to fun to chat about it for podcast big bad books now they are the the moment is is here is upon them because as you will remember from the last chapter the current working theory is as it always is in this book you've got to beat the game in order to just an egg will appear or a shard will appear it's all yeah. about let's be pro gamers let's beat the game in a pro way um and so when they spot sega ninja there's a, there's a real excitement in the room. Uh, there it is, H and Shoto shouted. I'd momentarily forgotten that they were monitoring me and their disembodied voices nearly made me jump out of my skin. But you'd never know it from Wade's response, okay, which is what I good. like about this first person narrative. Like we get to know that, oh, he did have a moment of fright, but listen to how cool he is. Thanks, amigos, I said. Aww. But I saw it too. You're watching my POV, remember? <laughs> oh, he's, that a, is he's cool as a cute. So cool. But also related because he did get frightened and scared. Like I wish you. that I were Wade. I wish that you were Wade. Yeah. I'd like myself, I see myself as more of a kind of Shoto. Uh, figure. More of a Shoto, maybe an H. Like I very much a background figure in that world who people like I I would want to be able to have a lot of plausible deniability when it comes maybe to you're, maybe your relationship with Wade. Not so much of an Og. Maybe you're a sort of Og figure. I'm kind of like a... Because you a are older than me. 
but so Faisal's also older than Wade and he's like he's just there he's doing his job that's my kind of role um, right, I see. like Faisal is deeply aware of all of what Wade's up to as well as we saw he, in the last chapter he's a deeply homoerotic character as well I think were you picking up on that interesting yeah. that's very interesting I mean it's hopeful that that intersects with this big blanket ban on mm content then at some point. <laughs> maybe maybe that will be how the novel kind of explodes into its climax um now here is a really interesting fact about the sega ninja cabinet you know when you're teaching english you're like sensory language guys like everyone's yeah. always talking about what they can see but we can't describe what we can see all the time um i guess ernest probably felt like he'd done enough of that because he's talked about i don't know if i mentioned like the sense of place of being Middletown, the POV talked about the sound town. of what we can hear, um, the voices and the music. Um, so he's gone back to the site and he just paints such a word picture for you of what this must have looked like. Because remember, um, this whole series trades on that nostalgia of like, it was the 80s. Here's what a cabinet looked like. And I have you ever seen a Sega Ninja or Ninja Princess no, cabinet? No, I tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean back. I'm going to close my eyes and just listen. All right. It's not very long. So you, That's good. It, it's, a, it's a micro dose. Um, I can relate, I said, walking over to the Sega Ninja cabinet to size up my opponent. Here we go. Its illuminated marquee had the word Ninja printed on it in large stylized yellow and orange letters with the smaller Sega logo underneath it. And and that's probably like, (laughs) that's given you quite a lot. Wow. Oh, wow. Hang on. So there's a sort of a... Yeah, there's like uh, a large like a little, yellow and orange, and it a, says Ninja. And Ninja. And that's illuminated. And it says Sega underneath. Yeah, underneath. And the, it's a smaller Sega logo, which I think is interesting. Because uh, wow, I thought wow. it was called Sega Ninja, but actually it's written as Ninja and then Sega, almost like an we, afterthought. We could probably talk for hours on that description alone, but we probably should. Yeah, we should. So maybe I we'll mean, just move on. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's another bonus episode. Like, we yeah. just keep. You drop that down. Um, oh, sorry. There was actually one more detail oh, on the monitor. Sorry. Hang on, hang on a minute. I'm just sorry, I'll give you the whole thing. Um, he walks over to no, it. No, don't. Its no. illuminated marquee had the word "ninja" printed on it in large. Shoto's kicking off, isn't he? He's, he's super excited in his POV. He's like, "Yeah, I fucking love these." Um, so I'll start again. Its illuminated marquee had the word "ninja" printed on it in large, stylized yellow and orange letters, with the smaller Sega logo underneath it. But on the monitor, the title appeared as Sega Ninja. <laughs> so that's actually the other way around. <laughs> Fucking wow. hell, right? Wow. And they so it was wrong. It was it was, was wrong, wrong and right. And that's the duality of man that I think Klein is, oh, it's the is going of the for. Self. It's, it's a Cartesian it's so, dualist sort of take. It's so good. Does does Wade comment on that anymore? He doesn't because the, again, the, we get it already, right? There's something right, like I see, I see. with that quality of description, like we feel it. We don't need to talk you, about it. You don't want to I don't know if we even could. Yeah, no, exactly. No. Um, they describe for a long time just what it looks like when an arcade machine is is just like idling. It's like first you can see this screen, then the high scores, then this screen, um, and I don't know. I probably won't read that bit because we've already got our first. That's fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. I don't. Uh, I don't want to hear it. This is a strange, I, I highlighted this not because it's particularly bad, but I just don't know if it's a dumb thing. Like I've never heard of this before. I took a quarter out of my inventory and dropped it into the left coin slot. I've heard of that part. Then I removed my clip-on mirror shades, which I've never heard him mention uh, owning before. Uh, no, new, is it new Kira to me. that has the clip-on mirror shades? Maybe. 
Um, I thought she had prescription glasses. I don't know. Clip on mirror shades and hung them on top of the game's marquee. This allowed me to use their lenses as a rear view mirror, providing a wide angle view of everything behind me. This was a trick I'd learned from Art 3 Miss during one of our early online pseudo dates on a planet called Arcade, but it's spelled A-R-C-H-A-I-D-E. So it's like Archaide, which is really nice. Ah, that's terrible. She liked to wear mirror shades back then too. So what's this about? Is this like paranoia? Why does he need to see behind him? I can't imagine that you could be focused on the perfect Pac-Man or in this case, Sega Ninja game and be like constantly checking your six but that's, in, the, in the mirror shades. That's why you're not the hero of Ready Player <sighs> 2. That could be it. I just lack that kind of eye dexterity. I'd, I, you'd be focusing too much on the game. I, if anything, would be focusing too much on, on what was going on behind me. Right. I suppose that's, yeah, that's why between us, like we've got a Goldilocks thing going on. It's like, you're too paranoid. I'm too, I'm too tunneled. And then Wade is the sweet spot between us. He's amazing. He's an everyman. He's like who we want to be. Had only a genius like Ernest could write a character as perfectly as this. One thing I remembered, uh, just, I was, it was just, I was walking around just outside in the world and this came to me like, like, you know, the Kobayashi mug in the end of Usual Suspects. Um, the in Ready Player One, another example of Klein's genius. The enemies are called Sixers because the they have like six o six or something on their back. Right. I can't remember why the fuck that is. I think it must be like the team division in. They the like the Evil Radio Corp. Five Live phone in and the weekends football. Yeah, one of the things that they that they do to show like the derision with which the Sixers are held is that the characters refer to them as the Sucksaws because quote they suck. Which is that is pretty fucking. That's cool. so good. Spielberg, he didn't put that in the film. Weird. That's I, he's of a oh. different generation. I suppose he yeah, appreciate that kind of vulgar language. He yeah. wouldn't have got it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he's set up his weird security trap so that he can look behind him, and now it's time to play the game. Uh, the game says the just verbatim, and I did Google this. There are eight lines of just what the game says when you start a game of Sega Ninja slash Ninja Princess slash the Ninja. Is it interesting? Um, Is it good? Oh, crucially, no, it's not. Okay, good. Um, and then the there are instructions of how to play. And there's this quite funny moment here, which I think you're like, um, Wade, please tell me you're not reading the instructions right now, Shoto said, sounding uh, deeply amused. <laughs> You've never played Ninja Princess before, have you? H asked. I sighed. Um, it sounded like Kira Underwood was the one sighing. He reminds us. Oh, yeah, I yeah, have, I replied, good. but only once or twice, six or seven years ago. Great, H muttered. This should go well. But Shoto is like, I'll guide you through it. I, I'm a ninja obsessive. Um, if what, what I would say is, I probably would have sent him in to play the there game. Was a, I, there was a reason that he couldn't do that, but in uncharacteristic Klein style, he doesn't remind us of what that was, which makes me think okay, maybe good. it was so thin as to be bordering on non-existent. Is it something to do with this bullshit about the air? Can Only the air can Possibly. pick it up? Yeah, it might be. But then I still don't see why why it's like a one person is allowed in at a time situation because nowhere in the whole only he could like Shota could have gone in and and played the game and then wade gone in and collected yeah like picked it up afterwards um yeah yeah that is true because wade he's not as far as i know like do correct me if i'm wrong he's not a ninja expert at all not never well look i wouldn't like to say at this point because the thing about wade is he does know a lot um and he might not be an injury expert right now, but if he needs to be at a later point, then I, it probably will be the case that he is. Probably in this chapter. 
Yeah, in fact, I believe he probably is an Indra expert by now. So just before we pause for some interstitial content, yeah. I was just out of interest. Like you can tell from this chapter, if you've ever if you've ever sort of read a, anything before or seen a, a show or really just lived a life as a human, right. um, that obviously Wade is going to complete this game, right? There's yeah. no question of it. No. And so I was just like, okay, it's an interesting choice and one that we have talked about admiringly to make it so that Wade isn't always the best at everything. Cause Ernest must know that he's made a bit of a character. Who's just this like suit. He's just great. He's a pro gamer in a, in a league to him of his mm-hmm. own. Um, so it's interesting to set up that this is a game he's explicitly not very good at. Like he's played it just, just keep this in mind only once or twice, six or seven years ago. Um, yeah. I just Googled some information about Sega Ninja. And the first thing that comes up is like a review of it. Um, from the time and it says it's a long review but it says like blah blah blah, you play as a ninja (laughs) great the problem is that sega ninja is very hard your rate of fire is low your throwing stars don't do enough damage and you'll constantly be surrounded as fun as sega ninja is it's a game that was balanced mostly to frustrate and eat quarters um and yeah so that it's well known i i thought maybe this review was just a sort of um, like a baby gamer maybe they were Um, a noob Maybe they were a new. Maybe they they were a sucksaw themselves. So yeah, I just corroborated yeah. that, and it did seem like everyone somewhere on Game Facts. There's like a rating, and everyone had given it tough, which is the highest you can have. Um, so I'm in two minds about this. Given that we know Wade is going to succeed, does that is that shit? Or and uh, this is probably where we're going to land. Does it make you respect him even more? This this um, it reminds me very much of I, I rewatched um, the very good movie In the Loop recently mm. the movie spin-off of of the thick of it is that and ernest klein it's not a klein production although possibly almost like preemptively influenced okay. by his stuff cool, maybe. Cool. but there's there's a moment in that where one of the characters who is you know purportedly anti-war mm-hmm. is sort of threatening to resign but then is also kind of being pushed into into being the front man of the war <laughs> oh, yeah. um and he asks is it the brave thing to resign or is it arguably braver to do what I know is wrong, mm-hmm. even though it's very hard. <laughs> so true. Um, and it feels like that, like, is it, is it good that he's, that he sucks at some things, but he will just do them anyway? Or is it actually just very, very stupid? And it's probably writing? the first one, right? It's probably like, it is very good because well, he's probably going to do it in a very hero. Wade-esque way. <clears throat> yeah. So like we can get on board with Wade, even if we're like, even if there's a bit of a suspension of disbelief required, like this is fiction at the end of the day, Well, even I, though I, it is rooted in the real world of games. And I'm very stupid. So I, uh, if, if there was sort of a couple of chapters where he couldn't, he wasn't saving the day, yeah. I might forget that he was the hero. You might start thinking Shoto is the hero because yeah. of his ninja knowledge. And that, that would be, that could be devastating because I might become would, a ninja person myself. It might wreck the whole like trajectory of Ready Player One and yeah. Two. Um, yeah, let's take a break here because just again, like can't put too fine a point on it. The remainder of this chapter is just <laughs> taking us step by step through the 16 levels of Sega Ninja and then it ends. Cool. So well, a break would be appreciated. I, I mean, I was, I was a little worried that I might have found something a bit a bit dull for this week's content but if anything by contrast i'm thinking we might just change the whole podcast to just be about this now um i was looking as ever in some of our favorite kind of online 
word-based mm-hmm. um, repositories. Word yeah. Um, in order to find some sort of content, I, I, I was looking, I had it in my head that I wanted to do something about some poetry because mm-hmm. um, we haven't really done much poetry on, on the show. And, and this might surprise our listeners. We are pro poetry. We're poetry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah here at sure. Big Bad Books. Um, but also, crucially, we're not yes men when it comes to poetry. No, that's true. And that's why we said a big no to nerd porn auteur, which was yeah. Alice Klein's foray into, into kind of spoken word. Although if you do want to hear me reading it and us talking about it, you can do that over at patreon.com slash shame city. Yeah, that, that's that is available bonus there. episodes over there with more to come. So, so I had a little look on um, one of my favorite Reddit um, forums for, for, for poetry, but there wasn't, there wasn't anything doing there. People have been trying too hard, Damn. crucially not, they weren't writing anything that was good. I, I, I do have to stress that. But what was happening was that they were, it was just boringly poor. Oh no, that's um, a shame. I know. So then I thought, oh, where else have we got stuff before? And then I remembered mm-hmm. our good friends. They would never let me down over at <gasps> Christian chat. Yeah. Uh, is it still up then? Christian oh, chat? it's up. And that's let me tell you, it's, thriving any of the it regulars thriving recognize any names from now our, not from our not from, from our, our time there that was our only back then wasn't it that like, was even before this we'd be logging <laughs> we on to spent, Chris chat we spent very very many hours yeah. there in christian chat and um, quite godfully i might add very godful hours that yeah. we spent there so i went on and the poetry forum is itself still going strong of course it is um so I, I just happened to open up, like, because they're obviously listed, uh, because it is just like a, a an old school sort of blog forum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just listed in reverse chronological Like something order. from the 80s, maybe. Really? Just a little tie in there. Yeah, it's the sort of thing that you might associate with Middletown, Ohio. Yes. Um, and so the, one of the most recent posts, which is actually from today. That's super recent. Was a poem called That Makes Me Bad, brackets, poem. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love art to specify its type. And this was from a, a user called Seeking Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, Seeking, you shall find. And this is how the poem... Gunting for God. <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop. We can't afford time-wise to get back into That's this. That's what an Easter egg hunt is. Okay. They say I live in self-pity. Just work on myself. Then somehow I will have more worth. Oh, you got it all figured out. I scream and shout. You don't even know me. I'm judged based on my words. A terrible expression. (laughs) Time to walk away. I should walk away. Just me and Jesus walking away. (laughs) It's easy for me to be sad. That makes me bad. End of Was that the end? That was the end of the poem. Coupler at the end, like you land heavy on those those Mm. repeating ads. Could you just give us that couplet again? Just yeah, absolutely. I loved the finality of it. It's easy for me to be sad. Yeah, that makes me bad. Interesting. I'm just gonna. There's a website that people use when they're writing, you know, songs and poems and things called Rhyme Rhyme Zone. Zone. Yeah, I'm just gonna check if you put sad in. Bad is the first the first one, so Mm. it's like it's subverted because. It's so obvious that it becomes yeah. it goes all the way back around. You wouldn't like think anyone would would dare be yeah. that that trite as to walking as around with Jesus is a lovely image though, isn't it? Just, Just me and away. Jesus walking away. And what were we walking away from for you? So, well, let me what I was more interested in was 
not what am I walking away from? What was Seeking Christ walking away from? Mm-hmm. Because this being a forum, of course, there's a little comment section and you can reply to this post. That's okay. And there was one reply from someone called Live For Him Too. Mm-hmm. Do you think they mean uh, Jesus or, or God when they say him? I think so. It is capitalized him. Yeah. And it said they'd highlighted the line, just work on myself, then somehow I will have more worth. Mm-hmm. Which you may remember, those were the second and third lines. They came after the line, they say I live in self-pity. Yeah. Um, and this person highlighted those lines and said, well, seeing how I'm clearly the they in your opening line, here is what I actually said in relation oh. to your worth. Oh. And, and there was a, a this long... This is a diss track. Yeah. And so there was a, a long thing here about like, that starts with, you have plenty of worth. How can I be so sure? Because we can easily determine something's worth by the price someone is willing to pay for it. What price was God willing to pay for you? The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Um, That's a very, very like a uh, spurious argument to say that one person has to, has self-worth to say that God is willing, like God likes humans in general, so you don't <laughs> suck just yeah. by virtue of being human. But that's it. That's that's God's love. You've got no it? other redeeming qualities. It's just but, in a general sense. <laughs> if I God's had to think of one you. thing, <laughs> yeah. um, don't fall into the condemnation and self pity trap. They say I lived in that trap for many years, etc., etc. And mm. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, we need um, context. And so I'm doing a kind of in media res thing here where I'm, I'm now going to go back to the very beginning, uh-huh. um, which is that I found this user seeking Christ and I was looking through their posts and uh, I found one, one of their earlier ones um, that was uh, called, I used to write scare quotes, Christian poems. Okay. So-called Christian poems is that yeah. indicating? Okay. Yeah. And this was on, this was only on April 3rd this year. Right. Well, they've year got of our Lord, quite fast. 2022, yeah. Um, back when I was on other Christian social networks, now that's something we need to I into. wish they'd have linked to them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I need to bulk out my, my daily news diet. I wrote various, again in scare quotes, Christian poems about the sin issues I was dealing with, which is a great <laughs> phrase. <laughs> the sin issues. Then that's I, lovely. Then I went to Facebook, and that inflamed my sin issues. Yeah, so more poems were written. Finally, <laughs> finally, me and Facebook parted ways. The poetry nice. went down, and recently I started writing again. This time, they are not Christian poems per se, written oh, yeah. per, P-E-R, say, S-A-Y. Very good. But rather just silly story poems for a laugh at work. Mm. Seeing this thread, I admit that I'm tempted to write online again, but I'm not crazy about the fact that everything on this site is Google searchable. <laughs> Currently, the poems I do have online are put in places that is not Google searchable. Uh-huh. So I'll be thinking about this for a while. Thanks for making a place for poetry. And That's then- got big, um, you know, a big like someone at a karaoke trying to get everyone to convince them to sing. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh is. no, I couldn't. I mean, I used to do. I used to do this a lot, actually. I but oh no, those days have passed me. But. I could, oh, all right, you're pulling my, oh, pulling my fucking sleeve. I'll get on. You're going to like, guilt trip me. Yeah. Yeah. So, In a good way. Sorry. If yeah. No, I, I, oh, our listeners yeah. uh, know us well enough to know that you weren't, you weren't slagging this person off. Yeah. Um, so then a couple of days after that on April 5th, um, because seemingly people had not taken the bait. Um, they they did another post called All About My Poetry. Just sitting here, not writing any poems. <laughs> I mean, that is basically <laughs> the vibe of this. In the early days, I wrote rhyming poems so that I could say something without saying it. 
That doesn't follow. Those are unbased ideas. I thought to myself, this way I can get an emotion off my chest without talking directly about the emotion. Hmm. Then poems transformed into poems about lust. Oh, no. This is probably the sin issue, do you think? The Uh, lusty Facebook sin issue. Let me tell you it is. And not only is it a sin issue, they're giving us the Bible verse for it. I got really stuck on Matthew 5, 28, which I had (laughs) to look at. And that's... Thou shalt not commit adultery. It's the verse in the bib. It is. Don't commit adultery. That's that one. Every time I saw or had a desire to look at a beautiful woman online, I would write yet another poem (laughs) about lust. (laughs) Wow. Fuck me. What a lot of poems this guy must have written. I I just love the phrasing of like seeing a beautiful woman online, which sounds like a sort of AI generated scam. And then having to like pay your tithe in the form of a lust poem every time adding them (laughs) scrawling them with one hand onto a napkin while furiously jacking every time clippy puts on a little wig he just has to like go away and do some rhymes the crazy thing is i never got any better weird oh weird at the poems or dealing with your frantic lust yes exactly matthew 5 28 was one of those verses that really bothered me god Gave me a sex drive, and yet that mm. sex drive was causing me to be evil. Mind well, this you, person, this is the first time this person has thought of that. <laughs> Mind you, I never blamed the women. I always oh, thought to right. my, I always thought to myself, they can't be expected to understand, just like I can't understand them. <laughs> <laughs> what can't they be expected to understand? That makes it sound like he was telling these people, like he was sending them the last poems. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the those way, people that just come on photos and post them online. Hi, having something of a sin issue in that I've looked at you online. I've done a sin issue all over your Facebook profile pic from 2017. So if you could possibly here's, take that down because of Matthew 5.8, I'd be very grateful. Here's a couple of rhyming couplets about it. <laughs> Someone finally told me to read Every Man's Battle. I bought it and read it for me. The, the, the book just you know made things feel worse. Uh, I'm assuming it's a pickup. It sounds like a men's rights thing. Right? I, think it's, I think it also is a... Um, I think about like ah, the struggle. Winning of, the war on sexual temptation, one victory yeah. at a time. This sounds really good. You carry on. I'll just do a bit of research. Into this. And it gave me something to really think about. They introduced the concept that lust and attraction are two different things. There must be a way of dealing with lust without getting rid of attraction because you cannot get rid of attraction. But that is all mm. I'm going to say on the subject now. Since I left all social networking sites except for YouTube and some forums, although I don't consider most forums to be social networking. I pretty much stopped writing poems unless I was frustrated or sad about something. When COVID-19 hit, I decided to rewrite an old Christmas song. Doesn't, doesn't say anymore. <laughs> sure. I made it I made it about COVID. People at work thought it was hilarious. Since then, I've sort of thrown meaning to the wind and just started writing some crazy stories that rhymed. Mm-hmm. Currently, I'm struggling to figure out what I want to write on here. It's tempting to share my sto- short story poems, but I want to keep my work <laughs> life again. Yeah, but I want to keep my work life and my online life as separate as possible. And mm. then, and now this is really telling. Um, this was actually a comment left today, even <gasps> though that the initial post was April fifth by themselves. That says, "I seem to have a gift for writing rhymes, but sometimes I wish I didn't have this gift. Oh, I haven't so been true. able to make it into anything that helps anyone." Now, um, would you like me to read you a, a poem that they wrote just a day after that previous post? Yeah. Is this an example of these like gifted it's rhymes? Of their gift, yeah. It, the, can I just check as well? Because, you know, we've got a sensitive listenership. This isn't one of the lust 
verses, right? This isn't a sin issue. This poem is called If I Was a Book, brackets poem. Okay, that doesn't sound, unless it's like a porn book. The no, Well, the introduction is, I wrote this as a poem test. I was looking for inspiration. I mm. looked at my bookshelf and just That's started a, a weird rhyme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the process. Most people, when they say, I look to my bookshelf for inspiration, they mean it in a figurative sense. Yeah, no, they this guy literally just mean, If I was a book, I'd sit on a shelf until someone has a look. The reader stretches my spine. This is what I'm designed Ooh. for until someone throws me on the floor or throws uses me out. to prop open the door. Hey, it's <laughs> chilly outside. Can't wait to get back on the shelf. At least it is warm. Wow, that is good. I mean, it's quite, it, it's literal in some places, but then it really goes place, it goes places as well. Yeah, and they, the fresh off the back of that, they, they, just, they went the whole hog and posted, oh, you're going to love this, freestyle rhyme brackets poem okay okay can i just one thing this bother of course me. yeah yeah is is this not the poem sub forum of christian chat like is everyone putting brackets poem at the end of their poems or is no, this so like a trademark it, seem, it seems that some of the posts um are about poems rather than being poems uh, okay. i think it's like a tag on a right, 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 right right so they're saying this is a poem rather than a meta post about poems yeah cool. um hold the phone I think I'm going to write a poem. Got some rhyme this time. I hope you don't mind that I rhyme nearly all the time. I don't think my rhyme would be affected even if I were blind. Praise God I can still seem... It's so nice to be me. Perhaps this poem will be a seed, something to inspire me to write more. But for now, this one will keep me on the floor. That is, unless it cause you such a bore, then you might kick me and my poem right out the door. But I pray you won't kick me out the door. I just want to have fun, so I shouldn't be a bore to you. But I assure you that in order to write nonsense like this, your brain needs to be made of goo. Piss. Oh, goo is so great. I mean, for heaven's sake, goo and glue make things stick together. Without many, things would fall apart. And you try to eat a broken Pop-Tart, it wouldn't hold together. And if you Mm. don't have goo under the shingles, they would blow up in the weather. I praise the shingles. <laughs> I, I praise, fucking hate that. I praise God for that kind of tar, but no road tar. <laughs> I hate it when I get that stuff on my car. Praise has God this rhyme? Blue. Has this rhyme gone too far? Yes. Don't worry. I don't go to bars. I think beer tastes <laughs> yucky, which means I'm not on a thing. I just think. I sorry. I just. I think weird. <laughs> <laughs> No shit. <laughs> no fucking shit. That's got the vibe of someone who became like possessed by the spirit of rhyme. Like they started off just gently typing and then it was like it was like it took over them. That's like the equivalent of speaking in tongues, I think. I think there is a, it really a devil is. in this person. Like it's forcing it's, them to lusty rhymes. It's really not good what happens to them partway through that. Um it feels weirdly, painful. Like it feels like it's got like a sort it of stochastic, like Bleh. yeah. Yeah. So um, I I was still though on on a quest to figure out what the fuck was going on with this most recent one. Yeah, um, that that makes me bad poem and, and where it come from. Yeah, um, what we already know a lot of things that do make this person bad, but none of them seem to be the topic of that poem. No, and so what I did was I had to like go into their profile and go back a little ways, and then I and then I found this, which yeah. is not on the poems forum. Okay. It's on a forum for prayer requests. Mm-hmm. And the title of this post is 
prayer request, women ghost me. (laughs) Okay, cool. Okay. (sighs) This is a big problem because it's been going on for around 19 years. (laughs) Wow, that predates the existence of the concept of ghosting by a solid decade. Yeah, exactly. He's the the proto-ghoster. He does that thing where he's kind of like gone back, like historic crimes, and just got like, now that we know that this is wrong, I'm going back and condemning all of these women for it. You'd think that if I was doing something wrong, I would have learned what it is by now. (laughs) (laughs) You're fucking good. (laughs) Yeah, well, I can't figure it. That's why I'm asking for prayer. I feel that I need to apologize for how long this post is. I'm not going to read it all. I've been through a lot, and even uh, with as long as this post is, it cannot cover everything. Before writing this, I read two articles on ghosting. I'm providing Mm. links for anyone interesting. The first one is the Wikipedia page for ghosting. (laughs) Very good. Check through all the references. The second is a New York Times article called Why People Ghost and How Mm. to Get Over It. Mm -hmm. Um, He says after that, brackets, this article is behind a paywall, but there is a way around it, but then doesn't tell you what that is. Of course. Which is very very funny. When I came up with the idea of writing this post, I had no idea where to start, and I had no idea no idea where I wanted to post it. I thought about putting in the singles threads or the blog threads Maybe or the prayer a poem request threads. Hold your horses. But I think it should be in the prayer request thread. Because I've I've been given unhelpful advice before. I'm I'm not mm. sure if there is any advice that is helpful. It seems um. people nowadays simply ghost people because things are just not working out. <laughs> That's such a great reason to ghost someone. <laughs> in other words, people who ghost, in my opinion, are cowards. Wow. You're, you're free to disagree with me if you wish, and you are free to pray about this however you wish, which is a great, which is great because it's like you can pray that more people ghost me if yeah. you want. <laughs> like, <laughs> I won't be mad. I won't be happy, but I respect your autonomy. Yeah, but I do think they are often cowards because they don't want to face the pain of properly breaking things off. Hmm. With all that said, I don't like breaking up either, but here on the internet, I'm not sure why anyone needs to break up unless there is some major issue. Because in my experience, people just seem to get bored and go away on their own. Oh, bless. (laughs) We do need to do a prayer for this person. (laughs) Oh, uh, this person needs more than prayer. My number one problem with women on the internet has not been fights or misunderstandings. They just go away. They ghost me. So I almost never know what was wrong with what I'm talking about. Hmm. I thought I would take a little time to tell you how my first meetings with women online was like. <sighs> okay. <laughs> the year was 1984. This, this, is, this is the best paragraph because like this, if ever you were going to, this is like a tragic play almost hmm. of someone just bit by bit revealing all the things that we, we have the dramatic have already, irony to yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. From the first sentence. In fact, in from the, the title. In the early years, I didn't know what I was doing. Honestly, even after 19 years of experimentation, I still don't claim to know what I'm doing. At first, I did the guy thing. Men are often considered to be the hunters. Well, that is what I did. Oh, no. Okay. Right. Send me the link. I'm going to forward it to the police. I was the one who found the women in AOL and Yahoo chat rooms and tried to create conversation. Oh, no. I can't. This guy's like, going around his town handing out the free like AOL discs disc, to give people yeah. like a <laughs> yeah. seven day trial so he can aim them. I, I honestly can't think of an image more bleak than like 
trying to find love on AOL in the early internet. Like so that good. is actually so, so awful. Yeah. I actually worked really hard on these early conversations. I was open about life and did the best I could. But mm. these conversations were so annoying. The responses I got was like, okay, okay, lol, okay, lol, okay. Then I don't if think I, lol existed then. Then <clears throat> if I brought up something about sex, which is something that I probably shouldn't be talking about, then I would get a few more lines. If women tell you they don't like talking about sex, I think they are lying. Anyway, okay, why is oh, no explanation? <laughs> Anyways, never mind the sex thing. Sometimes things would go far enough that we would exchange pictures. That was dangerous because sometimes the pictures I received were nude or worse. <laughs> <laughs> Again, doesn't specify what or worse means. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. The The sad thing was, oftentimes, if I shared a picture of my face, she would either just log off or block me. Oh, oh no! (laughs) If I shared a picture of my face, AOL would disconnect my line. It's so. There's something so really sad. There's something so funny about someone being so ugly that you log off. (laughs) You log off the whole internet. Like, you're just, just done. Touch grass. You are done. Yeah, no, it's not the place for me, Karen. Yeah. You know, I, I gave it a today. go. You should have one look at this. Yeah, it's just so That's funny. Really like, weird. not didn't even have the energy to block. There's no emotional response in my mind. It's just like to just out out the door. You just go and house. unplug the ADSL line. And make <laughs> yeah. a phone call. Yeah. Am I really that ugly? Question mark. Then I moved from chat rooms to social media. MySpace and various Christian social media was what I first used. They were a little better. But if you consider the people I met on the Christian social media sites, I'm not in contact with any of them anymore. That mm. era of my life ended around 2007 to 2011. <laughs> it's just like, it's a like, like a slow decline over yeah, four over years. Four years. <laughs> my, my, favorite, <laughs> my favorite Christian social media site banned me. Fuck. In case you're wondering, I was bored and told a joke that one of the moderators took an exception to. But I'm not going to talk about that in this post. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably for the best. So you can um, learn. Yeah. Um, Facebook, then he goes on to talk about, says that seemed like a godsend. Finally, after all these years, I was able to come in contact with people who were local. But Facebook didn't like how many people I was adding to my friends list or how many people I tried to strike up conversations with in private messages. Mm-hmm. I got banned from Facebook for those things. <laughs> Damn, you have to be adding so many people for Facebook to really, be shutting you down. Like there. you really, really do. Yeah. Um, he then talks about um, getting ghosted again. Then he says about dating sites. Mm-hmm. Um, he says when I first started, dating sites was a part of what I was doing during the Christian social media experience, which sounds like the name of a, like a <laughs> prog rock like a, band. Yeah, that sounds really good. <laughs> I wasn't playing around with dating sites that much. I'm not sure if it's fortunate or not. My parents don't like the idea of me meeting people online. My mum watches my credit card bill, which means I couldn't join most dating sites. Oh, um, that's a I, fucking, that's a detail to slip in. Really buried the lead there, hasn't wow. um, Some Norman Bates shit going on. I remember the last several ladies I met on OkCupid, full stop. If you ask me, OkCupid is, is a load of filth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, got dear. Just about all the questions for matching had to do with immoral sex. Um, not immoral sex. On OKCupid, I met several ladies that I talked to on the phone. Some lived too far away. 
One wanted me to pray with her over the phone. I did. But after that, she just started cussing like a sailor. Wow. <laughs> what a weird set of events. Then the last woman I talked to picked up the phone and said, uh, I should have told you I already found someone. Goodbye. <laughs> after that wow. very short conversation, I said to myself, why do I put myself through this? I mean, valid question. Yeah. This um, is an incredible resilience, though, that I think we have to admire. Like, yeah. This is someone who has caused maybe dozens of women across several decades to fully disconnect from various <laughs> platforms entirely who has been banned from Facebook, which is a feat that neo-Nazis took about 20 years to achieve. Yep. Um, and is, is soldiering on, which I love. I love that. The thing. sheer volume of posts yeah. that this man is doing after reading this. I hope you didn't get the impression that I talk a lot about sex. I'm oh, not trying to make, <laughs> yeah, I did not... get that. I'm not trying to make this post any longer than necessary, but I could write a whole section on that subject. A whole but to make section. things short, <laughs> I want I want you to know that I tried to avoid talking about sex too much. However, in my early years, it was a bigger subject because of the way I saw the world. After a few years, I started distancing Sweet. myself from the subject. The whole thing was a huge experiment to find out what topics would keep the person from ghosting me. But what I learned is it didn't matter what the subject matter oh, was. No. She is always going to ghost me. I think oh. the truth is, I'm not a perfect person. And if she's looking for Mr. Perfect, then she'll always find something wrong with me and then mm. just disappear. Um, then he has a, that's basically the end of the post. Um, but he has a small section at the end that's, that's called things I haven't covered in this post. Okay. Maybe just like a, a re- like a menu for things we could ask about to be like, yeah, oh, tell exactly. me more about this, the moral sex we could say. Yeah. Like I didn't talk about all the phone conversations. I didn't talk about the difference between me contacting a woman versus her contacting me, but oh, yeah. he does say that he could go into this stuff at length later. That's good to know. That's generous. Then he follows up um, a couple of minutes later with a reply to his own thing saying, I just noticed that my prayer request got posted. Forgot to add a disclaimer. I'm not against women. I'm just simply trying to share what my experiences have mm. been. Um, me. And it turns out that basically in the, it, this prompted, would you believe it, at least two pages of debate Yeah. Um, among people trying to give advice, etc., um, <clears throat> and, and all of this. And he really, he doesn't take to it all that kindly. It, he the has advice. unfortunately gone kind of black pill incel very, oh, very quickly no, because- that's predictable because it does all have this very like well people are giving some like in some cases bad but in other cases reasonable advice and uh and he just sort of is like well it's not going to work for me don't you worry um then he says um i might write a poem on this called called the rejected one um and then the the next day um he he posted a poem called I am the rejected one, colon, Ooh. Jesus, please take me home, brackets poem. Oh, no, that's really sad. Yeah. But at least he did workshop the title. <laughs> um, and then, the like, the poem itself is is pretty, like, rubbish, to be honest. I, I hate to break it to you. Um, but I, I have to read it just because the addendum just doesn't hit the same without the poem coming uh-huh, first. Okay. <clears throat> I am the rejected one. I fall into the depths of despair. I know you don't care. Down into the pit of hell, you rejoiced as I fell. Unloved, beaten and forgotten. Be happy in your life, 
one that is not full of strife. Never remember how you stuck me with your knife. I'm growing too old. I'm no longer bold. I give up on my life. Jesus, please take me home. Full stop. Then underneath that, this poem is inspired by 42 years of being rejected by my pears. By my pears? Smelled like the fruit. <laughs> oh no! Oh, you got us! You got to spell check that heavy hitting epilogue. You've got to. Forty-two years. Did he mean peers? He meant peers. I think peers is what like. he meant. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's hard. That's hard in so many ways because this is like, you know, what what advice can we give this person if they're listening? You can't. Because oh, okay. basically, live live for him too, who we mentioned right at the beginning of the episode, has tried. Was someone who was trying to do that, and what they what what seeking Christ did in retaliation was to write a fucking this track poem about. Yeah, them. okay, that is quite harsh. So unfortunately, you've got to be in a place where you're willing to listen. You right? can't help someone who doesn't wish to be helped. They say the Lord helps those who help themselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, I looked up every man's whatever the fuck it was called, every man's yep. battle winning the war, just very quickly the the kind of quote on it which is from jack w hayford pastor of the church on the way and president of the king's seminary says there is no more common enemy of true manhood than the diversion or the perversion of our sexual capacities i welcome every contribution to the arsenal of resistance which is fucking glowing praise for this book i would say but hasn't landed with everyone because there is a the most recent review of one star unfortunately um i should say this has over a thousand ratings and it is like four and a half, four point six out of five overall. That's pretty um, good. But the latest person that was not happy, they said, sadly, one of the most misguided books on how to develop a relationship with your God-given sexuality. <clears throat> in fact, I wrote my trilogy, Radical Christian Sexuality, in response to this type of sincere but misguided Christian advice. So that's just like if you were listening mm. to this episode and you were going to go out and buy Every Man's Battle, yeah, maybe check out RCS instead for your God-given sexuality chat. Just a, just a tip. Yeah. Well, um, you know, this is not official advice. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'm, I couldn't be less of an expert on the kind of Christian masculine sexuality. I've overlap. never thought about it even once. Not, yeah, before today, not even one time. <laughs> um, let's whiz through the remainder of this chapter. Now, too boring to think about for long, so don't go thinking of long after this episode. <laughs> okay, good. But I'll give you some setup. Um, he's about to start playing this game. Uh, it's called Sega Ninja, sometimes called Ninja Princess, Ninja sometimes Sega. called The Ninja. Say, uh, well, it does say Sega and then Ninja. No, it says Ninja and then Sega, then yeah, Sega Ninja. And then, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, actually, one interesting thing about it is it was used to be called Ninja Princess, but they thought maybe little boys out there wouldn't want to play a princess game, so they rebranded it. I like, the, I like the idea that they rebranded it, but they... The focus testing was equally split among them liking Ninja Sega or Sega yeah, Ninja. Like, so this is where we're both ways. just doing it. Both ways. <laughs> Chuck it on there. Customizable name. Um, my tiny pixelated avatar appeared at the bottom center of the screen. And in that instant, I was back in the zone. I wasn't Kira Morrow or Parzival or Wade Watts. The controls became an extension of myself, and I became the vengeful Princess Kurumi, clad in blood-red silk, armed with an infinite supply of throwing knives, intent on reclaiming my stolen kingdom at any cost. That's <sighs> that's being a pro gamer. We could never, we could never achieve anything of that sort, right? No. Um, what happens next is you learn all about every. I, like I 
I'm not joking. Every single level of the game is explored. That's so bad. They, they're also, it's a weird, like, I was trying to think about how you could do this in a not shit way. And obviously the conclusion I came to is you can't. But if you're going to talk about every one, maybe the first one you don't say very much about, or maybe the first one you say lots about, and then you get gradually less specific. And you're just like, and then I did that level, then I did that level. Right. You whiz through the next five or something would be a way of handling this. Yeah. Um, which I Ernest know. doesn't really do. He does just tell you kind of every everything that's going on um the first level there's some power-ups he loses a life on one level stage three Damn. is referred to as the avalanche level because there are giant boulders um the he takes a little moment to think about frogger which is just a different game at some yep, point when he's cool. on stage six because there's a river and then uh a little sort of cutaway just because you know you've got to give us we can't just stay tunneled on that forever no 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 as i played Love i noticed something odd about the music playing on the arcades jukebox the same three songs kept playing over and over obsession by animation then jesse's girl by rick springfield followed by my best friend's girl by the cars it was easy to see the connection all of these songs could have been about halliday's obsession with kira his best friend's girl i don't oh. know if you saw one of the the third song was called my best friend's girl by the cars um my best and i realized oh fuck yeah that that is a theme yeah, I That's could be thing. reliving the moment his obsession began, which is really interesting and good. Uh, but then yeah. we don't dwell on that. We're back to the level. Oh, okay, sorry. Level seven, <laughs> level eight, throwing almost halfway stuff. there. The stampede, yeah. the stampede stage. The the NPC onlookers start to gather behind him, and fortunately, he set up those mirrored glasses so he can kind of keep track of what's going on. People watching and like, oh, is he going to do it? Is he going to fucking beat Ninja Sega Ninja Princess the Ninja? Um, it's exciting. There is. A bit where he talks about how non-violent it is, even though it's in a game entirely about being a ninja who kills people. I didn't really follow. Stage nine, he's got to concentrate. Stage 10, you've got to climb up some spider ninjas. Stage 11, stage 12, stage 10 again, for some reason. Oh, it's because 12 is identical to 10, which is important to mention. Oh, just good. To yeah, really yeah. Home how dull this Does he is just describe it again? <laughs> and as I said last time, um, st- step 13 sees a boss battle that he easily, easily defeats. Oh, that's and good. And then, when at last I reach step 16, I find... The last, thing, off, the last well, thing I'd want is some jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be... Well, to be fair, he did lose a life at one point, then he easily grinded it back. Easily oh, okay. Got it back. Oh, okay, yeah. I suppose that. Um, he's getting all of this... Yeah, in fact, it hand waves it entirely. It says, you know, step 16 is going to be really hard. Luckily, I'd picked up a few more lives in the last 10 levels because it took all of them to defeat Zayman which he doesn't describe. So the, the ultimate boss battle, what? having put us through all of that, what? he doesn't describe how he got the what lives, do you mean? when he got the lives, or what the boss battle was. Finally, I reached the end of the game. Oh. It was a strange ending. Uh, and it's strange just because... Wait, what? Uh, sorry. As got, in, like, the end, as in winning the game, he doesn't describe? Yeah, it just finally I reached the end of the game. Um, and it's a strange ending, and I thought, oh, hang on, maybe there's something weird. But no, it's a strange ending only in his as much as the actual ending of the game is a bit strange because it reveals that it was all like a play that had been acted out, which is quite a strange choice, but it's not one of importantly Ernest's decisions. No. Uh, but that's a crisis. Maybe he sees the congratulations, congratulations message. Um, and a huge cheer erupts from the boys gathered around. He starts to put his name into the high score out of habit. But then I remembered who I was supposed to be and entered KRU instead for Karen Rosalind Underwood. Weird. And this, You've, this has got to hurt for Wade because he's a winner, right? He's, he could be called Wade Winner Watts instead of Wade Owen Watts. You always yeah. say after every episode. You sometimes just text me that out of the blue. I can't get enough. I lay awake at night. The 
the high school like board appears and Wade. I mean, he he won the game easily the first time he's ever really played it, but he's not in first place, which didn't sit oh, right. Oh, you're joking! The person in first had racked up a score of five hundred and fifty thousand seven hundred and fifty, outscoring my three hundred and sixty-five thousand eight hundred oh, by over two hundred thousand points. He's demolished. They appeared to be sharper than me too because they'd entered the initials KRA beside their score, which is actually the three-letter signature that Kira used on video games instead of her initials. I'd failed to recall this obscure piece of trivia until I saw it in front of me that my predecessor had not. Wow. That it turns out realized. It turns out he is fallible. <laughs> right? Exactly. Wow. Even our idols have feet yeah. of clay. Um, that was when I realized I was looking at Ogden Morrow's score, which made perfect sense. Og had completed the challenge earlier today, just a few hours ago. And judging by my by his score, he was much better at Ninja Princess than I would ever be. Either that or he'd kept on playing after he beat the final level, uh, which is just a, a nice little cop-out yeah. for maybe maybe Wade yeah. is actually. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I am the best, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could probably beat him, but I've got other things on. Like, um, even though Og was, you know, like being threatened to do this by yeah, yeah, yeah. AI. Like, and he's a thousand years old. It's possible he just like did it for shits and gigs. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why so the the problem that wade is having is like he's beating the game he's done everything he knows how to do nothing's happened like he hasn't come first there hasn't been like a weird egg-based revelation lohengrin uh, hasn't turned up to just give him the answer just tell him where it is platter. yeah yeah um why would he why would he try and get the the same score as kira he's wondering was he trying to match her high score had i screwed up somehow i snapped a screenshot of the high score list so that i could examine it later then I felt someone tap me on the shoulder and nearly jumped out of my skin. I turned to see a young you in skin, Ogden And Morrow you weren't in yours. Smiling at me. End of chapter. It's baby Og. It's going to be hot Og. Og. And that's exciting. Just wow. on its own. Hog so bog. percent check, 48. Not the kind of progress I was hoping to see. But uh, <laughs> certainly we are at least two points ahead of last time. little. <laughs> like I say, I swear that in I the last episode we, t- we talked about being yeah. on 47%. I'm fairly certain that what happened in the course of making this podcast is that I was tragically killed during the recording of the first one. <laughs> Maybe a plane crashed into my building. And this is my personal kind of purgatory is just being between 43 and 48% in Ready Player Two <laughs> and forever until my, until my lust like, sins have been like Sisyphus before you. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> uh, it's a hard, hard graph, but someone's got to do it. Um, I think we can both agree that Ernest has taken a, a run and a jump at a new kind of structure, not just for this book, but maybe what he was suggesting is like, could all books be like this? Could all I think books it's just plain to see that the answer is, is no, they can't <laughs> because it's strangely dull in a way that yeah. truly anyone could have predicted to just say, here was level one, there was grass. Here was level two, the ninjas were wearing a different color hat. And then level three, I'll tell you about that soon and just go on like that forever. And then to have the audacity to not even bother explaining and like he had no emotional response to winning. He had no nothing. Absolutely, the stakes nothing. were just evaporated. Like he should be. It, we, it's like the chapter forgot that he's doing this not because he loves video games, but because the fate of like over a billion literally everyone on the line. Life, <laughs> like, they're all going to die unless he does this video game challenge very well that he's never done before, and none of that seeped into the chapter. Nope. Not it's almost like it was written at a completely different point and just sort of dropped in. It's almost like um, <laughs> Ernest knows that it doesn't matter if he creates any tension because it's all going to work out anyway, regardless. Mm. And therefore, 
he he where where others before him were schmucks and still bothered, he thought I won't. Yeah, I'll just pop in the pop in the bullet points. It's a real bad But I guess that's the power of you know writers are always saying like strip everything down to its you know its clearest essential self. We don't need all of these adjectives, these emotions, these characters, these these right. developments. He's been so reading maybe, sort of Marcus Aurelius. He's, I think we're just been, at the core. Yeah. Like he's cut to the quick of what the series is all about. And for me, it's watching and reading a man play an entire video game perfectly almost um, with no emotional response and only achieving two extra percentage points through the endless hellscape of Ready Player Two. That's uh, literature. There we have it. There we have it. That's books for you, gang. We've got a few things to plug before we, we let you go. So sit tight while Declan tells you all about them. So um, you can follow this podcast over on Twitter at Big Bad Books, or you can follow at Shame City Gang for all Shame yeah, City related content. Um, you can also join us in our Discord at shame.city slash Discord, where there's all sorts Lovely of chat there. and notifications going on. Lovely group of people in there. Top, Tell us which bit of the chapter folks. is your fave. Yeah. So I thought you were asking me for a second and I panicked. Um, no, no, but no. yeah, no, you guys do that. And I won't say mine because I don't want to unduly... Declan will say his after you've all said yours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll do it last. Um, you can also find us over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash shamecity. We're gamers. City slash Twitch. We're gamers playing games 24-7. Um, or more specifically, so, Monday to Thursday at 9 yeah, p.m. That, that's, when, that's when it will yeah. mostly... That's when we do it for you guys. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the time is just for us. It's not televised. Um, and you can get even more of this kind of drivel over at patreon.com slash shame city. I think we mentioned that earlier, but just worth dropping in there again, just in case you've forgotten. New episode of our, of our brand new Patreon show cups is coming out this week. Oh, um, it's going to be huge. And there's like 70 something things that you unlock. Yeah, there's loads. The low, low cost of like $5 a month, which is That's pretty nothing. good. Not going to lie. Yeah. Um, thanks for checking in with us. We took a little hiatus as we often do um when there's like holidays i find that the more free time we have between us the less we are likely to record anything um but now the schedule is returned for another term of big bad books um and we'll see you in a couple of weeks tas is out next week check that out over on shendor city and until then i've been isaac you've been i've been declan glance down at that inventory boys sega ninja ninja sega (laughs) 